0: And welcome back in third and final hour of the program here on Tuesday morning. And today is Giving Tuesday, and it, uh, it always follows Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday. So when you're out there, uh, you know, spending all this money, getting ready for the holidays, and grabbing all these deals, uh, the Tuesday after all of that is always dedicated toward reminding you that you know there are charitable organizations that could use some of your assistance as well. So for Giving Tuesday, if you go to WBSM.com or the WBSM app, you can read Ariel's story about all the local nonprofits that you can donate to today for Giving Tuesday. There's also uh, It's also up on our Facebook page as well. So if you want to go and check that out and find some places to be able to make a donation, those would be appreciated. Of course, we'll also have, if you missed the mention earlier, this Friday will be our mini-miracle here at WBSM. We, ta- we team up every year with the United Way of Greater New Bedford to feature a local family that needs a mini-miracle this holiday season. And uh, the story of this year's family is uh, a very touching one, and I think a lot of you will want to make a donation to them. You will get to m- meet them on Friday. We'll be talking about that. But because we will be focusing on that on Friday – We have moved the city council segment to Thursday this week. So this Thursday after the 8 a.m. news, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad will be joining us along with Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta. So we'll talk with them on Thursday morning at 8.05 and Thursday, well, after the 8 o'clock news. And uh, after the 7 o'clock news on Thursday, we'll be talking with Kristen Harris of the Boston Tea Party Museum about the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party and some of the different events that are planned as part of that because there's a lot going on to uh, commemorate the 250th of the Tea Party. And it's actually, there's stuff that's actually going on, you know, even today and all throughout the next couple of weeks leading up to December 16th. But we'll talk about the history of it. We'll talk about those events. And, of course, today is a significant day in the story of the Tea Party because it's the day that the tea ship Dartmouth arrived in Boston with the tea that sat there on the ship until the colonists boarded it on December 16th and dumped the tea into the harbor. So uh, I was saying before that the colonial boohee that they would drink back then, uh, I recently had the chance to try it. Some folks like it with milk and sugar. I guess the colonists drank it with nothing, and then they eventually started putting sugar in it as sugar became more prominent. I tried it just straight up, and I liked it that way. Then I tried putting a little milk in it and it was not that different. So I'll just continue drinking it straight up. But if you've never tried it, I got it at the um, the old Gristmill Tavern in Seekonk. But you can order it online. You can order it from their website. You can order it from Amazon. It's a B O H E A. Just in case you want to jump on Amazon and order it today so you can have it in time for the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party on December 16th. Just do me a favor. If you order it, drink it. Don't dump it in the harbor. We don't need anything. They're, they're, they're excited to be finishing up the New Bedford Harbor cleanup uh, in the coming months and years. We don't need you to uh, go make it worse by dumping a bunch of tea in there. But once you, once you brew it and it's steeping and you inhale that, you'll say, oh, yeah, I you know this is like every colonial house I've ever toured because that's all that I could think of. So I had mentioned before the news that um, there was a an important part of the Wareham community who had passed away, but who was influential even beyond that. Uh, many of you who have gone to Wareham court to have different things adjudicated over the years, you might have stood before Judge Baron H. Martin. He was a longtime judge at the Wareham District Court. He was also the former chief justice of the Wareham District Court. And he was known as a person who was... Uh, tough but fair. And lawyers will tell you he really made them work. I was before Judge Martin for something. What, what what was it? I haven't gone to court a whole bunch of times, but it would have had to have been something traffic related. I think it was, yeah, when I was 16, 16 years old. I had gotten pulled over for unregistered, uninsured. The car that my dad and I shared, we had just, the the registration had lapsed. The insurance had lapsed and we just weren't, I didn't know about all that stuff at that time and he wasn't paying attention because he wasn't driving the car as much anymore because I had taken it over and it kind of just lapsed and I got pulled over on my way to work and I had to go and they threw it out because I was, you know, 16 or maybe I was 17. I think I was 17, but it was, you know, not a big deal. Um, But, also very terrifying to be before Judge Martin. and uh, But he was a guy who was instrumental in helping a lot of people rebuild their lives. You know, He might have been tough on folks, but he was often um, understanding of their situations and inspiring to a lot of them. But what people don't know about him or what they might not know about him is, first of all, he worked his way up in a very blue-collar fashion. He was a a baggage handler at South Station. And he worked as a clerk for the MBTA as he was trying to put himself through, through law school. And he always remembered the fact that the MBTA gave him the opportunity to do that. He eventually became the general counsel for the MBTA and years later was appointed to its board of directors. But he also never forgot his mentors and his friends who helped shape him along the way, too. This is, you know, according to his obituary, he was personal friends with Martin Luther King. And in fact, it was Judge Baron Martin who introduced Martin Luther King to his eventual wife, Coretta Scott King. So, you know, they, they just recently put that statue out that caused some controversy commemorating where Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King met or, you know, the fact that they, they met while going to school in Boston. It was Judge Baron Martin that introduced them back in the days when he was a fraternity brother of Martin Luther King at Boston University. But then he also went to work for the Robert F. Kennedy presidential campaign. And in fact, Judge Martin was with RFK at the Ambassador Hotel on June 5th, 1968. When Robert F. Kennedy was shot by Sirhan Sirhan. So Judge Martin was there with him. So talk about two influential moments. In American history. Introducing Martin Luther King to his wife. And, and standing with RFK on the night he was shot. And. Judge Baron Martin. Was there for each of them. He passed away recently. He passed away uh, on November 16th at 97 years old. So it's, you know, it's always sad when someone has passed, but it's also a chance to reflect back and look at their life and say, wow, talk about somebody who made an impact. And, uh, you know, if you were somebody who was never going to get on the straight and narrow path, you probably did not like going before Judge Baron Martin, but there's a lot of folks who will look at him and say, he set me on the better path. Now I had the opportunity to meet him in other fashions too. I worked at the diner down the street from the courthouse. He would come in sometimes. You'd see him around town. And he was a very affable guy, but he was all business when he was on the bench and he had no problem giving people a little morality lesson with his judgments to let people know, hey, you're going to be okay. Even though there's, you know, there might be punishment for whatever this, this crime is that you're here before the court for. Just know that this isn't the, the end of your life you will come out stronger on the other side of it and and use this for what it's for. Which is a, a, a learning example. Now, again, I don't know anybody that went before him for serious criminal charges. I just know folks that went before him for minor things. I remember when a friend of mine got into a strange car accident and left the scene because he... Well, he panicked. And so he ran from his car. And I know that the lesson that Judge Martin gave him was just take responsibility for your mistakes. That will go a long way for you a lot more than if you had gotten away with it. And I think... You know, with lessons like that, people took to heart. So I didn't, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that he was still with us. I thought that he had passed a few years ago. Otherwise, I would have loved to have profiled him in a, in a WBSM story, wbsm.com story. But he was uh, certainly a person who had a lot of influence on the local level, but had some major influence apparently in, on the world stage. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Maybe you went before Judge Martin. Maybe you, you know, and again, it could be anything. Doesn't necessarily mean that you did something bad. I mean, I, I went to court for a dumb, dumb mistake of unregistered, uninsured when I was 17. Which was still kind of funny because... I didn't realize that that was an arrestable thing when the policeman pulled me over because he didn't even mention that to me. <laughs> he said, "Where are you going?" I said I'm on my way to work. At the time, my family was living in Marion, and I was trying to get over to the diner. It was a Saturday, and I had to work Saturday night. And he pulled me over, and he's and told me what was going on. And he's like, "Where were you heading?" And I said, "I'm trying to go to work." And he goes, "Where do you work?" I said Mill Pond Diner. He said, all right, well, here, get in the back of the car. Put me in the back seat. Didn't, you know, no handcuffs or anything. Drove me to the diner, pulled up to the back door and said, all right. And that was it. I got, you know, he gave me the little summons to go to court. But the, then he walked around to the front, walked in and ordered a a cheeseburger to go. and then when i went to court that's when they said well you weren't you weren't arrested I said, no i didn't realize i was supposed to be i didn't realize it was that that serious of a thing i thought it was just a ticket situation because that's the way that the police officer handled it so you know thanks to him for not making it a big deal but yes i think a lot of uh i think a lot of people were probably influenced by him that went through that courthouse, whether it be people that worked there, people who were in front of him on the bench, lawyers, clerks. I don't know when he stepped down. Let me see if it says in the story when he might have retired. Uh, I'm trying to see. No, it doesn't, it doesn't mention when he retired. It just says he was inducted as Special Justice of the Roxbury Court in 1974 and to the Wareham District Court in 1977 and was named an Associate Justice of the Appellate Division by Chief Justice Samuel Zoll in 1990. But he was still, he was still in the Wareham Court after that, so. Yeah, I don't see anything about when he retired, but, you know, a, a pillar of the community, that's for sure five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred good morning you're on wbsm good morning tim how are you
2: oh, good i uh was in front of him once and i uh what happened was i got pulled over in Wareham for speeding probably uh uh three or four years before i stood in front of him and i got pulled up for speeding and got a ticket paid the ticket thought everything was okay uh seven or seven, eight months later i get pulled over again in Wareham, and uh they said "Well, you know you didn't pay this ticket so i paid him says no no you didn't i said well yeah i did well it didn't matter they cuffed me they towed my car they brought me in front of the judge and no they they they, they brought me in i had to get bailed out and then i went in front of the judge and i got dismissed so that was uh, almost almost 400 for that. Uh-huh. And, well, that that happened three more times and for whatever reason, and I, I, I got to the point where I was carrying the paperwork with me, proving that I paid it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I hold on. Let me go back to this. Hold on. Let me put this on hold, and then I can go back to you. There you are. Sorry about that. Yeah, No worries. So it uh, uh,
2: happened a total of four times. On the fourth time, I was in front of uh, Judge Baron. Is that was that his name?
0: Uh, Baron Martin.
2: Baron Martin. Yeah. And so. The fourth time I go in front, I, go, I now went in front of him, and um, he, he said, I understand you want this dismissed. I said, yes, Your Honor, but I'd like to say something. He says, well, you can't. It's not a trial. You're getting it dismissed. Either you want it dismissed or not. I said, yes, I do want it dismissed. But then I went through a list of the events that took place before that, and I said, Your Honor, this has cost me up to $1,400, you know, close to it, um, by, by the time I get this dismissed. He said, "Never look a gift horse in the mouth." I said, "Your Honor, this is the gift that just keeps on giving." And that's when they escorted me out of there. Oh no! But it wasn't his fault, and he didn't do anything wrong. You know, it was—it would just happen to be the circumstances in that event. You know.
0: Yeah, he was a hardline guy from everything that I've heard, but yeah, I mean, um, that's the kind of judge that I think a lot of people wish we had more of these days absolutely
2: absolutely you know and and none of this was his none of this was his fault at all it just happened to come in front of him it just happened to be thrown into his lap at that point in time but um uh but i, I never heard anybody speak speak speaking no word about that guy at all before either In we there there's a couple of judges in we that people really didn't like i know that for a fact and um but they never spoke ill of him that's for sure
0: well i heard i've heard I of people know. that spoke ill of him but there were people that you know they were going to speak ill of whoever was on the bench in front of them because they just thought that they didn't do anything wrong, <laughs> even though they're you know they li- lifelong criminals probably.
2: They never do, yeah, they never do. do they, you know, and uh, hey, the shoot—it was a shooting in Wareham that took place yesterday.
0: Yeah, somebody was shot and killed uh, over on Main Street near Pierceville Road.
2: I'm trying to think—I lived in Wareham for a lot of years. Which, which Pierceville Road? It's like,
0: a, it's down, a down West Wareham, so it's it's like toward the end of Main Street, almost down toward Rochester.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's way out. That's way out. Yeah, yeah. Pierceville's is one of those long roads
0: that connects back to County Road, I believe. Or, you know, yep, know kind of right. might might take I a turn know. before that. But
2: I, I know what you mean. And you know what's very strange is that a good percentage of all the murders in Wareham were done by stabbing. And it's uh, for whatever reason, there were a lot of people that were just stabbed. And to hear somebody get shot kind of seems strange because... You barely heard of anybody getting shot in Wareham, but there have um, been some. There have done. been
0: strange shootings that have happened in Wareham. I remember there was the couple, the elderly couple that was murdered. Um, they lived in one of the cottages on Glen Charlie Pond. Uh, this is years cool. and years and years ago. Um, wow! I want to say like late '90s, maybe. I mean, there was a lot of there. There have been instances of it, but yeah, you're right. There's also yeah. been a lot of stabbings too. Yeah,
2: seems like a lot of stabbing. Listen, keep up the good work, Tim. It's always good to have you on.
0: Thank you, sir. And uh, let's, let's squeeze in one more. I'm going to take a break. Let's squeeze in. Oh, looks like, did I knock Shonin off? Shonin, if I did, I'm sorry. Call back. I got to take a break anyway. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right, we are going to be going into the newsroom with Ariel. When we come back on the other side, more of your calls, 508-996-0500. Still keeping an eye out to see if there's any more information about that situation in Wareham. Uh, the What we can piece together so far is that a man was shot and killed yesterday afternoon uh, from scanner reports that were shared with us, thanks to our friend uh, Southeastern Mass Alerts at Metro underscore notify on Twitter. Uh, he let us know, or X, I guess. Uh, He let us know that there was a BOLO for a suspect at that time, so the police are looking for someone in connection with that. Uh, The DA's office has not released the name of the victim yet or any of the circumstances surrounding the shooting because the investigation is ongoing. But as soon as we have that information, we will provide it to you. Right now, it is time to go into the newsroom, though, and get all of the national and international headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey.
3: The ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is continuing today as part of a two-day extension. The extra 48 hours was added after an initial four-day truce. Hamas is expected to release at least 10 more hostages. Israel is then due to release around 30 Palestinian prisoners in exchange, mostly women and minors from Israeli jails. Hamas may release an additional 10 hostages tomorrow. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to attend a tribute service today in Georgia for late former Lady First Lady Rosalind Carter. Also on hand will be former President Jimmy Carter, her husband of 77 years. Carter's attendance comes despite him being in hospice care. A Southwest Airlines passenger is being evaluated at a hospital after exiting through a plane's emergency exit hatch at a Louisiana airport over the weekend. It happened on the Skyway while the plane wasn't moving at Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport. Officials said the man climbed onto the plane's wing before being caught on the tarmac. Sports Illustrated says it has deleted several articles from its website after publishing them under fake names and author headshots created with artificial intelligence. The existence of the articles was revealed in a report from Futurism, which couldn't find any evidence of the author's existence and found the headshots for sale on digital marketplaces. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is back on the ground after skydiving with a 106-year-old World War II veteran on Monday. Abbott went skydiving with Al Blaschke in the San Marcos area. Abbott and Blaschke made separate tandem jumps, each of them attached to another person. Blaschke went skydiving for the first time on his 100th birthday in 2017. He did it again in 2020, breaking the world record for the oldest man to do a tandem jump. Today is Giving Tuesday. It's a great day to consider helping out whether in the form of a donation, volunteer work, or just lending a hand to someone in need. Giving USA's latest report shows charitable giving is down 10% this year, falling to the lowest level in three decades. In sports, the Celtics could be without a couple of starters. Center Kristaps Porzingis is out with a left calf strain, and guard Drew Holiday is questionable with a right ankle sprain. The Seas are hoping to earn another in-season tournament victory when they host the Chicago Bulls tonight at TD Garden. Bill Belichick has no time for any reports about his future. On Monday, the Patriots head coach would not entertain any questions regarding a report from ESPN that Belichick already has his next destination decided. New England will be hosting the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. And the Blue Jackets delivered the Bruins their third straight loss after earning a 5-2 victory at Nationwide Arena. Matt Portress and Johnny Beecher each scored for the Bees, and Jeremy Swayman stopped 17 of the 19 shots he faced before leaving the game. Linus Ilmark also made 18 saves on 20 shots. On Thursday night, Boston will host the San Jose Sharks at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
1: Dry and chilly start to your Tuesday morning with uh, temperatures feeling in the mid-20s. Scattered snow showers this morning. Not expecting accumulations. So don't be surprised if you do see some flurries out there. The temperature will be feeling in the mid-to-upper 20s, low 30s. The actual temperature will be in the upper 30s with partial sunshine overnight tonight. Dry and then once again, we do it all over again. Wind chill values in the in the morning be sure to watch abc6 for my full seven-day forecast from the abc6 weather center i'm meteorologist ceci del carmen on new bedford's news talk station
3: 1420 wbsm i'm ariel dorsey for wbsm news stay up to date with new bedford's news talk station wbsm and get breaking news alerts with the wbsm app
0: When ska was a thing for a brief period of time, and the Mighty Mighty Bostones were one of the leaders of that. Yeah, that was, uh, we were talking about alternative music of the 90s earlier, and that was, there was the ska period, there was the swing period, all kinds of music got a chance in the 90s. Uh, and in fact, I was actually playing recently a, a group called Civ, which not a lot of people know about. And somebody sent me a message saying, I can't believe, I hadn't thought of that song in probably 25 years. And then I went and got the album after I heard you play the song. I'm like, all right, good. I, I had the album. Um, a lot of it sounded the same to me, but I'm glad that you're, enjoy- <laughs> glad that you're enjoying it. Uh, the um, the story there that Ariel was talking about, about Governor Greg Abbott, uh, the governor of Texas, jumping out of the plane with a 106-year-old World War II veteran, I thought was a, a, a great story. But I'm looking at some of the ways that it was covered. Almost every news article that I can find, it, like leads the makes the focus of the headline the fact that it was Governor Abbott jumping out of the the plane. Governor Greg Abbott jumps out of plane with 106 year old World War II vet. Governor Greg Abbott goes skydiving with 106 year old World War II vet. Governor Greg Abbott calls first skydive peaceful and a lot of fun. Governor Abbott makes inaugural skydive alongside 106 World War II veteran, but KXAN got it right. 106-year-old Georgetown man sets record while skydiving with Governor Greg Abbott. I think even Governor Abbott would tell you, you know, the headline of that story is the, the veteran who set the record for being the oldest person to jump out of the plane. Um, there, was, there was someone locally who did that. I remember Gazelle wrote a story about it uh, from Fall River. I've never, sco- I've never done skydiving. I know that uh, Taylor Cormier did it for Mercy Meals and more, and he said that it's a, it's quite the experience. I always thought about doing it, but I don't know if I could bring myself to actually jump when the time came. I, uh, I was trying VR over the weekend, virtual reality with the Meta Quest, and I was doing the. There's a climbing game where you can climb up the side of like mountains and stuff, and the falling and everything was just too much for me. I think that's kind of what would pop into my mind not that you know i knew i was gonna be okay but it was just every time i felt like i could feel the anxiety and then the dizziness and all that and i was like oh maybe i shouldn't try to jump out of a plane someday but who knows better to have to do it because you want to do it than to have to do it because it's a necessity 508-996-0500 good morning you're on wbsm hello you're on the air no should be okay well, uh, try and call back. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
4: Oh, it's me, Tim, now. Uh, well, hello. I,
0: I know it's Hi. you now, yeah. Why?
4: Oh, but before, before you tried to get me and it will not work?
0: Um, uh, yeah, I went to put you on hold and you were on hold and then it dropped off. I'm going to try to put another call on hold here and just make sure that it doesn't drop you off. Yeah, see, that worked. I don't know why it didn't no, work before. Yeah, don't drop me off. You're here. You're
4: <laughs> anyways, here. Anyways, uh, are you talking about
0: skydiving? Uh well, uh, we just were referring to a story uh where the governor of Texas jumped out of a plane with a 106 year old World War 2 World War 2 veteran. But that's is
4: it is it like skydiving kind of Yeah,
0: right? they they there was a skydive, yeah.
4: I'd like to do that before I died. Maybe that, maybe that's the way you would die doing it, but who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> From what I understand, it doesn't, like, the ground school for it doesn't take that long. Like, you're just sitting in a classroom for, I don't know, like, 45 minutes, and then they're like, all right, let's get in the plane, and then you go up there and jump.
4: Yeah, that's what um, President Bush did, right, when he was older?
0: Yeah, a lot of people do it, like, as they get older, like a bucket list item thing that they want to do. So maybe, you know, maybe when I get older, I might feel differently about it.
4: Yeah, I'd like to try that. That's expensive, I think. Um, yeah, before I die, who knows. I
0: think you can do it pretty affordably. Really? Yeah, a friend of mine um became a pilot out of the Plymouth Airport and I and I was talking to him about the skydiving they do over there and I think he said it was something like 140 bucks to do it, which is not that much when you think about it.
4: No, and you have all that stuff on your back anyway, right?
0: Well, the thing about those is you're doing it with someone else. It's a tandem skydive, so you're not, you don't you don't have to worry there, yeah. about it. Like they're gonna, they're experienced. They know what they're doing. They're gonna make sure that you land safely. Yeah, I think it would be a trip. Would you ever do uh one of those like squirrel suit things, where like it basically turns you into a human kite, and then you kind of have to float down? Would you ever do one of those?
4: No, but I see the ones with the that looks like a kite, and it's um they fly in the air, but it's kind of like a semicircle.
0: Like a hang glider?
4: thats I guess that's what it is. I'm not sure. But there's
0: no way I, I would ever do that.
4: <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't do that either. But anyway, I guess if you started the other way and then moved when, up.
0: When you skydive, when you jump out with a parachute, you're intentionally going down. All these other things are you're trying to stay in the air. And I don't think I'd want to do that.
4: Oh, yeah. I don't know because I look at birds and I, I say to myself in my next life, I'd like to be a bird. I love to watch them glide and I think it's neat.
0: Maybe you were oh, one in a past life.
4: I know it. Um let me um let uh, me my mind now. Wait a minute, Tim, first of all, um your, one of your advertisers did uh, work on cars at what, what i think it was Max and, and Barry announces that How mu can I get that number? I want
0: Barry will, announces
4: it all the time. He they work
0: on foreign cars. I will have to try to find it for you. I will look for that during the next break.
4: Please I'd like to call them. I want to see if they can do some work for me. Will do and um, I think it's it was Max. Um, I it's down the south end somewhere.
0: Hmm. Mac. I think it's Mac Auto. Well, I will get the information for you during the break, and then I'll and announce get, it when I come back it on here. All
4: right. And I wanted to tell you, um, the, the, thanks for the meet and greet, but I didn't. I didn't meet that many people.
0: <laughs> you were one of the people everybody wanted to meet. People were asking about you. Well, they
4: asked about everybody. But you know what was strange? Everybody asked about everybody. But the thing is, with the voices for me, never, I can't recognize the voices on the radio. Like people sound different on the phone. I know a lady that works at Shaw's, and I, I didn't know it was her. And I spoke with her, and then I realized when I got home, it was her. And then, um, I don't know, I just, like like the other girl, I said, well, what's your name? And she said her name, but I never um, put two and two together. And then I finally, when I heard her call the, the next day, I said, oh, that's the girl that calls in in the morning. Nothing, nothing connected except for a couple of voices. Not many.
0: I mean, that happens to us. We run into people out in the public and they say, oh, I call all the time. You must know me. And I'm like, ah. You sound different well, when you're on the phone.
4: See, i got a kind of voice that's very deep from from young and it just I don't like my voice but I got stuck with it, you know what I mean? So Well, it's very rather, it's
0: very uh, distinctive. People know it's you.
4: But I rather have it deep than all squeaky and ugh, I can't stand squeaky voices or high too high. I can't stand that.
0: I feel you on that.
4: Well, anyways, um I will, if you give me that number, I'd appreciate yeah, it, I, and I wasn't... I looked I wasn't it up very, online, and
0: it doesn't seem to have a phone number listed. They're on Rivet Street in, in New Bedford, but I don't see a number listed, so I'm going to have to keep digging.
4: Let me write it. Yeah, could, if you if you could get the phone number, I'd love it. And I um, didn't appreciate the um, farewell thing the other yeah, day. Well,
0: that's people, uh, well, no, we don't need to talk about
4: that. I thought people were very... Um, Immature on that. Yeah,
0: well, well. I'm going to find you this number though, and I will announce it on the air if I do. It might. I don't know if I'll get it by today. I might have to reach out and find it myself and and give it to you. But I'll get it for you.
4: All right, thank you. You have a good day. You
0: too. Bye bye. And uh, let's. We got some calls here, so let's go back to those. I do have to take a break in a moment. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. Uh, I'm wondering if it's your phone. It's the same caller that had the problem before. Let's go to this call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Can you hear me now? I can hear you.
1: Oh, uh, in regards to the parachute, I was an airborne parachuter in the military. Um, The type of jumping they're doing is what they call tandem jumping. Mm Mm-hmm. Is when, um, you you know, you get strapped onto a senior person and and jump out. That's tandem jumping. That's when you go, you know, for the day and you just want to experience uh jumping. and usually they use what they call static line um when you as soon as you leave the craft the aircraft um your shoe is pulled automatically on a on the, on on a line a static line mm-hmm. um, that was just to give those and what she was talking about as far as the parachute, and what she sees look like a little star that's what they call a star parachute, and that's the ones you see like at the football games like say the Patriots, somebody comes landing on the field. Uh, those are uh, designer parachutes, parachutes that where when you pull down your risers, you, you know you can, you can you know it slows you right down to almost a halt. You know so I mean?
0: in those tandem jumps, how much work does the person who is the inexperienced person have to do? Nothing. So you're just going along for the ride,
1: right? It's like me giving you a bear hug, right? And you're you're strapped to me, and when I jump out, my static line will pull my chute and open, and I'm you, you know, just, like, bear hugging you all the way down, and you're experiencing the jump, but you didn't have to pull nothing, and, you know, because people freeze.
0: Well, I was going to say, there must be things people could do, though, that could screw things up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when, when I was in the military at Fort Bragg, uh, your first uh, four jumps, it's called a fold. You know, you, you jump out. The static line actually pulls you, pulls it, but when you get, you know, you go 1,000 all the way up to 6,000. And when you get down to the ground, you show your jump master, your your, uh, your rip code. That's to prove that, you know, that you did it the right way. And then after that, you do it on your own.
0: I'd be you that know? guy that gets well, caught in a tree. That'd be me.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I did get caught in a tree one time. They have what they call pathfinders. Uh, the first guy goes out, they drop, he drops down, and then he sets up the drop zone. And then put into the wind. Um, he puts flares down there, and uh, then they, then you start jumping out. They so, just, you just don't fly open, jump out.
0: I had a friend that was yeah. in in the military. He gave me a, a paratrooper's knife that you would like keep in the that you would, like keep uh-huh. on the straps so that you could cut yourself loose if you had to. Right. He, he gave me one of those. He had like an extra one, and he's like, "Here, have this." It was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Because you have two shoots, you have your reserve, and that's the one you cut away. Your main you cut away if you got if you came in trouble like a cigarette roll or something like that. Um. And you cut that away if you have to. And then uh, the other one's man, You just cross your legs like a T, pull it out, and throw it, throw it the opposite way that you're spinning. Because you'd be coming down like a, like a like a, corkscrew, you know?
0: Well, I appreciate the insight on it. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, and in regards to the guy that got killed? Yes. I, I, don't wanna, I You don't want me to say his name on TV. I mean, no, on no, no. I no,
0: right? don't know. Because right. we don't know that his family's been notified yet.
1: Yeah, right. You're right. Okay. Because I know the guy. And this, it's actually it was his son that did it.
0: Okay. Well, all right. Well, thank you, and uh, you have a great day. All right. You too. And I got to take a break. Uh, We are keeping an eye out for more official details on that. Again, you know, uh, he may know, but, you know, we we don't want to release that information until it's provided by the DA's office because that means that the next of kin have been notified. So um, we'll... We'll give all that information for you when we have it. Right now, though, I've got to take a break. Be back in a few moments. Hey, i got to take one more break before the end of the program. I'm going to do that now, and if we have some time at the end, we'll squeeze in some calls. If not, Chris will have you coming up with South Coast Now. We have about two minutes before it's time for Chris and South Coast Now. Let's see if we can squeeze in a call. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. Hey, there morning it goes. Now is? it's working. RKO time. Yeah, no, it's clobbering time. CM Punk is back. Yes, sir. What did you think about that? I thought that was amazing. I mean I thought that there was a slight chance it might happen, but when it when it did happen I was so shocked and uh so excited. Yeah, it was uh did you see the work that's uh between Seth Rollins? Yeah, they 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 both referenced it on TV, so I think it is a work. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because uh it was after the uh cameras were off and then you can see him in a ring when he threw his belt down in disgust. And then the rest are, like looking around, like what's happening, because some of them were
0: like in the dark. Yeah, I think they're just. I think. I think they're just playing the internet with that.
2: Yeah, you think uh, because a lot of the, the capture was like people on their cell phones and,
0: and stuff like that.
2: Where he was like flipping them off and swearing at him and stuff
0: like that. Yep, uh, and I think it's a way to get that out. See, the WWE could never put that on their own social media. They could never have Seth Rollins swearing on their own social media. So let everybody else in the world post it instead. So it ended up working yeah. out.
2: The thing about that uh, that kind of made me think about that is there was cameras backstage, uh, him looking for him, you know, so that
0: part. Yeah. You know, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.